This being a Monday, it's a Mulcair Monday. We are joined by the former leader of the opposition in Ottawa, that is Thomas Mulcair. And I guess now it's uh, officially His Majesty's official opposition, Thomas Mulcair. <laughs> well, it was Her Majesty the whole time I was there. But, of course, that job that Mr. Kualyev now has is, yes, the, the leader of His Majesty's loyal opposition. Takes a bit getting used to, doesn't it? I mean, I'm, I'm thinking the first yes. time that Charles's <laughs> face shows up on a coin in my pocket, I'm going to be a little freaked out. Yeah. <laughs> yes, although there are people working against that because there's nothing compulsory about his mug showing up on any of our currency. But that leads right into some of the stuff you and I were thinking of talking about today, isn't it? It's Absolutely. Whether yeah. or not you have to swear allegiance and fealty to his majesty, King Charles III. Okay, so do I understand the legalities here that the Quebec legislature has now said you don't have to swear to the king if you don't want to. So what this would take would be some third party going to court, right? Right? And if nobody does, I guess it's going to stand. Exactly. But it is disquieting because it's not the first time in the past year that Quebec has claimed the right to change unilaterally the Canadian Constitution, in particular its founding document, the BNA Act, on its own. So how does that work? And a lot of commentators are starting to ask that question of Mr. Trudeau and indeed of his justice minister, Mr. Lametti, saying, hold on, this is a country still. This is a federation. We we do have a federal government. Um, the changes that the, the Legault government have brought in have removed, for example, the equality of English and French before the courts in Quebec. So, for example, if you were born in a very exotic place with a bizarre language, you know, let's say you're from Burnaby, B.C., and your birth certificate is in English. Well, if you go before a Quebec court now, you can't just file that birth certificate. You've got to spend several hundred dollars having it officially translated to French. Now, it's interesting because anybody who looks at the BNA Act will notice that Section 133 is still there. That says equality of English and French before the courts in Quebec. That same equality, for example, exists under the Manitoba Act in Manitoba. And I'll ask you this question, John Moore. Do you think that if Justin Trudeau learned that, let's say, a hypothetical conservative government a few years down the road was removing the equality of French before the Manitoba courts, how long do you think it would have taken him to go to court to have that struck down because of course it's completely illegal unconstitutional well trudeau won't lift his little finger to defend the equality of english in quebec because he doesn't see any political advantage in taking on francois legault so too with the oath to the king i mean it's quite galling what they did they just said okay well this part of the bna act doesn't apply in quebec so of course that should be challenged because then you can just pick whatever other part of the Constitution you want and say it doesn't apply in your province, which, by the way, is what Alberta is all about right now. So it's it's an interesting time because there's nobody standing up for the Constitution, which is, of course, the bedrock uh, on which the whole country is built. Although Quebec nationalists and separatists would be delighted if Justin Trudeau were to decide to sue for this. Yeah, but let's look at the other the other law that, that, that Quebec has, right? It's, it's called Bill 21. So it says that if you're a a practicing Sikh or Muslim woman, for example, or, or, or a Jewish man wearing a, a kippah, you, you can't become a math teacher. You, you can't become a, a crown prosecutor or a police officer. I don't know about you, but every time I went to my Canada Day parades in the, in the Peel region, I noticed that there were several Sikh police officers who were just 
like every other police officer doing their jobs, but they had a part of their uniform that had been approved, which was wearing a turban that went along with the uniform and everybody was fine with it. So in Quebec, they've simply come up with this law and nobody's challenging it except the Muslim women who were recruited in the Maghreb countries like Algeria and Tunisia and Morocco. They were actually recruited to come to Quebec. This law came in and they were told, oh, sorry, we recruited you. We brought you here. Yes, you you topped off your, your qualifications, but you can't work here now mm-hmm. because you're wearing a headscarf. So, again, Mr. Trudeau talks a good game on this stuff, but he won't actually do anything uh, when the chips are down. Okay, speaking of provinces gone rogue, we have Alberta's Sovereignty Act. Worth noting that the Premier of Alberta is actually going to be on our airwaves at noon today. Yeah, that's great. uh, Vashi Capellos' new show, and that's a good get for that first one. But (laughs) what do you want to know about the Sovereignty Act? Well, I have a feeling that we're not going to learn a lot uh, from from Premier Smith for the good and simple reason is most of this stuff is pure politics. So the the examples we just gave from Quebec are actually rock hard examples of rights being taken away. But with regard to Alberta, you're going to be looking in vain for some clear examples of what this bill that she's brought in her so-called sovereignty act can what wrongs it can right. You look at the political landscape and you say, okay, but what do you want about? Oh, well, um, guns. Okay, fertilizer. Okay, uh, so maybe they'll they'll be able to start giving examples of what they think is wrong. But mostly, this is about political posturing. So it's going to be impossible to nail her down on that because she's very capable in front of a microphone. That's what she used to do for a living. I don't know that she's going to be around for all that long, though. I know people think she's a formidable politician, but I think Rachel Notley's beating her in the double digits right now. She is. And it's interesting. What I've also found fascinating is some, it's not always been the case with the NDP, but Rachel Notley has really imposed maturity in the response in, in, in Alberta from the opposition that she heads. She's, she's been out there. They've been doing their jobs. They've been denouncing. They've been explaining. But none of it has been an over-the-top reaction against Smith's claim. Because, one, Smith does have a certain base in Alberta that wants to see this sort of move because they like pushback against the Fed. And, two, there's no pur- purpose to it. Because if you, if you go in whole hog against the straw man that Smith is setting up, then you lose the fight for all the other important stuff for the people of Alberta. That's what Rachel Notley's been talking to. She is, you know, really, she represents Alberta so well and, and everything about it. Her dad was, of course, a, a senior politician who dry, died uh, tragically in a, in a plane crash. Also very respected like her. So she had one term, which was unusual. Nobody expected the NDP to win that time. Got a decent majority. Was edged out, but she's still got a very strong caucus, and, and they've been doing a good job. So Smith obviously has decided to stake out some very weird turf. Stuff that people from Quebec, like you and me, we understand this stuff. You know, like we're going to stake out this you know, very strong anti-Ottawa stuff and hope that enough people follow us down that path. I think that Smith's made a miscalculation. When you see the Chambers of Commerce, uh, John, coming out against her her move, I I don't think it's going to hold. Okay, and speaking of NDPers, in year-end interviews, Jagmeet Singh is saying he's still confident that he's got a good deal with the Liberals as they enter a new year. How do you think this has worked out for him and the NDP? In the last year, it's worked out quite well. Uh, I actually had a chance to sit at the table with him at the press gallery dinner in Ottawa, and he did a pretty funny turn on it because he was always complaining that he wasn't getting enough credit for some of the stuff that Trudeau was bringing in because of that deal. And he made a, a very funny slide presentation where he, he showed all the stuff that he's done in the past that's not being recognized. Like, for example, he's the one who actually 
pass the puck to Henderson to score the winning goal in the Canada Russia series. So it was actually all good fun. Um, but, but I think that he's going to have to be careful in 2023, starting our, our, our crystal ball stuff for next year, because John, it is a hard and fast rule that the lifespan of a minority government in Canada is about 18 months, plus or minus a little bit. So he's going to have to start getting ready for an election. And that's when it gets tricky for him because you see, He's been backing the Liberals on everything to do with substantive stuff, confidence, motions, and the like. So he's always been there to back them up. Then going door to door is going to get tricky for him because right. he's going to say, don't vote for these Liberals. You know, they're real scoundrels. And people will say, but you've been voting for them yourself nonstop. Why should you be telling us now that we can't trust them? He gets to argue that the good stuff being brought in, like the dental plan, and one would hope in 2023, a pharma a care plan, is thanks to the NDP. But that just plays into the hands of those who say, yes, but you're just liberals in a hurry. So he's got to be careful to make sure he maintains his own identity because it's going to be a very tough uh, election for him because Pierre Poiliev is, for the average progressive, a pretty scary character. And so they're going to be banging the old drum of don't split the vote. And that's going to be very hard for Mr. Singh to hold on to his vote in that case. Thank you, sir. Always a pleasure. Great to talk to you, John. All the best.